This is a test of the Boundary Park Alert System. Hello and welcome to episode 50 of the Boundary Park Alert System with me, Matt Dean. This week I'm joined by Andy Halliwell. Hello, Andy. Hi, Matt. And making his debut, coming off the bench, score a late winner, hopefully. It's Rob Turner. How are you doing, Rob? Good, thanks, lads. Yeah, thanks for inviting me on. Pleasure, pleasure. Now, in the last few weeks, with my obligations with the with the foundation and, and everything else, and it's, it's been kind of hectic in Latics world, Andy has been taking more of a lead on, on a lot of the content on the podcast. And I, I just turn up now and... Uh, and, and <laughs> sit in front of a microphone and so, so I, I know that Rob's the guest I don't really know much about Rob um, I don't really know what's going on on the podcast this week so Andy will for my and the listeners benefit please tell us what we've got coming up in the show so well let's let's have um, we can have a brief chat about the match unfortunately um, I don't think any of us have been so uh, I don't think you've been today Rob have you uh, no not really today so, uh, so we, we can only talk briefly about that, but obviously we've got uh, the protest to discuss. Uh, on on that, Andy, can I just say that Steve Shipman has just arrived? Is is the chauffeur driven lim- limousine driven limousine has just pulled up as he's just coming running through the studio now, um, <laughs> or at least he's just arrived on Zoom. So, uh, so Steve's making an appearance, so that's good because we that's weren't good. quite sure when we cracked on anyway. Uh, yeah, so crack on. So, we, we, the match, which we've got the match, uh, we'll chat about the protest. Obviously, uh, yourself and Steve have been down there today. Uh, again, I'm unsure if Rob has, but uh, to have a chat about that. Uh, then we've got a, a few bits to talk about in terms of Keith Curl did a did a um did a did a preser this week where he, he touched upon a couple of things in that preser which we're going to be worth talking about. So, we'll we'll, we'll talk about those. Uh, there's been a lot of media exposure in, in the last week, so maybe we'll just do a little review of some of the some of the media exposure we've had, which has been great. We've got an interview coming up with Nathan, uh, more uh, affectionately known as Binman, uh, about the news this week that the race allegations were going to see no further um, investigation from GMP. We we probably need to touch upon the fact there's been some resignations at the club, uh, and therefore, what does that mean about uh, job roles? You might give us an update on uh, the foundation man in the ticket office this week, <laughs> as an example. Um, and then we might have a bit of ch- chat about, you know, what next for, for both the foundation and PTB. So that, that's the agenda, if you like. Nice one. Is Steve there? Uh, yeah, can you hear me? Yeah. What? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, we can, Steve, yeah. And we're, and we're recording as well, so... Uh... <laughs> I was going to do the old ball selector thing there, but uh, obviously it doesn't matter. How are you doing, mate? To be fair, so I'm kind of uh, uh, I'm the only I'm the only one available. So okay, so we have to make do with you. Never mind. Uh, I've interviewed I've interviewed you once today already. I know you must be getting sick of me. Okay, let's 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 talk about Rob. Let's have let's have an introduction from Rob. Andrew, you've invited Rob on. How have you uh, and Rob, first of all, been? Oh, oh you tell us, Rob. How's, how have you how have you arrived on the podcast? Uh, well, you you may know me more as uh, from the forum as Diaz Forty Two. For myself, I'm my background. I'm late thirties, so I've just about lucky enough to see ninety ninety one. Lucky enough to go to quite a few of the Premier League games, and then regular ninety five onwards, right up until Scholes left. Gave it a little break after that. And then was looking forward to this season, strangely enough. And then when the first couple of games was okay, and then it's all sort of blew up since then, hasn't it? What What do you make of what's going on? What's your Where are you with it all? I just I wonder about the timing. That's like, you know, coming out of a, a pandemic. Uh, a lot of people haven't been to haven't seen any football for eighteen months. I, I just my reservations. Was it the right time to be? Talking about boycotting and can you get people on board with that? Yeah, I mean to be fair, I think I think PTB have 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 raised that point themselves and thought was was it the right time to to do an organise a boycott? I think people were doing it themselves anyway. Um, people have made their own decisions. I spoke to someone today who said that they they've been boycotting since they sacked Frankie Bunn. So you know, it's people have not been going. People have not been going since the Corny era, haven't they? They've 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 had enough, and 
you know, uh, in terms of an organised boycott, maybe it wasn't actually the right time. But, I mean, the, the table doesn't lie, does it? We're rock bottom for a reason, aren't we? Is that where it's come from, though? I mean, people are, people are saying it's it's not about results. You know, yeah, we go to the bottom of the league and all of a sudden this kicks off. Is it? Is that a coincidence? Or... I mean, I would have said that this this would have all happened last season under Kewell at the beginning of the season. I think yeah. we started off equally badly last season. Uh, maybe not quite as badly as this, but we, we first three games we lost. I think that all this would have kicked off. Then the fact that there were no fans in just meant that they got a, 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 a stay of execution, I think, really, yeah. in that yeah. sense. Obviously, the league position exacerbates the feeling towards the owners. So if we were top of the league right now, it would be presumably much more difficult to mobilise large-scale anti-owner protests outside the main stand on Furtherwood Road. I think everyone will concede that point. But you'd you'd have to be utterly blinded to think that the gentlemen that are currently running our club are doing a good job, in inverted commas, because, you know, the, the trajectory of the club in terms of its image, uh, the people that have worked for it, um, the, the, the feedback that you get from ex-employees, as well as the league position uh, over a course of four seasons, is enough to deduce by now that these owners are not good enough to run our club. And you only have to see some of their behaviours, uh, you know, the, the, the malign behaviours towards some ex-professionals over a long period of time uh, to, to, to work out that, that these guys are no good. And whether you agree with the timing uh, or whether you, you think that the, 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 the league position is the thing that, that influences most people, I think to conclude that, that these guys need more time, I, I personally think is a little bit delusional. They're not going to improve no matter how long they're around. No, I don't think so. I, I, think, I, think, I think that is, is you know, the, the protest today... The general consensus of the people I spoke to individually, and and obviously the the group was that they're out of time now. They've they don't know what they're doing, and what are they going to do? I mean, I, I think that's the fear: is how long is this going to go on for now, and how much worse is it going to get? Because for me, I mean, we can talk about the Hartlepool game. We got a point. We drew nil nil. We didn't score again. Bit main problem this season is we're got we're not going to score enough goals. Last season, we scored enough goals. We didn't sign the defenders in January that we needed. We didn't bring David Wheater back into the team. We didn't do enough to try. We should have got promoted last season. We scored 80-odd goals. We didn't go up. That is criminal, absolutely criminal from a football point of view. We had the opportunity to sign defenders in January. We signed Hilsner, Tasnadir and Nicky Adams, right? So we got one decent signing out of three. Absolutely abysmal. More should have gone on that alone. We can go back. We've got in multiple instances of why Moore is not, he's not good enough. So for me, the point today, great. It was de- good to get a point. We need it. I wanted us to win. We didn't, unfortunately. Going to Rochdale next week. Love to win at Rochdale for obvious reasons, but we really, really, really need the points. So we've got to scrape results wherever we can. We've got to stay up. It's imperative. For me, I'm just glad now that, that the anti-ownership movement is now firmly in place and we can concentrate on getting behind the team and to keep us in the division whilst not exactly taking our foot off these are two separate things and, and I think that's really really important yeah I mean if, if you remember at the start of the season you had the D3 D4 lads on for sort of the season preview didn't you and um, and they they said on that that they expected Hartlepool to struggle that Hartlepool were in were you know were, were not going to be a competitive outfit they came up through the playoffs last season they were looking to come up so you, you're getting a nil-nil draw at home against uh, a team that's expected to struggle. <laughs> I'm not I'm not celebrating a point at home against uh, against against Hartlepool by any stretch of the imagination. And I haven't obviously been to the game. I haven't seen it. I've seen a bit of bit of footage floating about on the internet. It looks like Hallam Hope missed a pretty pretty obvious opportunity, and that's going to be a problem. Isn't it? We haven't got anyone to score goals. So you know, even even with the players that are injured to come back, I'd be surprised if. Um, if we're competitive and it's going to be a long, long, hard season. What, what do you think, Rob? Do you, do you think you went to a couple of games at the start of the season? Or do you think that the, the team on the squad is competitive when they're all fit? I thought the first game, there was nothing in it. It was, they got hit by a late goal. Went to try and make a game. Well, I thought they played pretty well, um, especially come back 2-0 down, came back pretty well, played quite well at Bradford. And then it just seemed, it seems to have gone uh, south since then. I think the, the embargo is what's crippled us. Uh, 
we've got a centre half who can't play, we've not been able to offer any contracts. So you're not going to be able to attract the players that you need to to get towards the top of the league when you're operating under them circumstances. And, and but who would you? But who would you lay the the, the blame at for being in, in under embargo? I'm interested to know why it was taken. I'm interested to know who ultimately made the decision. I'm interested to know the value of the loan, and and I'm interested to know when they intend on paying it back. I believe you've got a meeting on uh, Monday with Carl. Is that right? Yeah, there is a meeting on Monday. Yeah, um, I mean, for me, Abdallah has said um, in, in his letter, his open letter to uh, the foundation, that he he's going to come back in October with a three-year plan. Right? If that plan for me does not start with I'm paying off the EFL loan, I'm getting rid of Mo, and I'm putting somewhere between half a million and a million pounds into the January transfer kitty, he might as well not write it because nothing else is, nothing else is going to keep us in the division and nothing else is going to turn or diffuse any of the, the, of the anger towards him around. Because like you rightly say, Rob, that embargo means that we are getting, we're, we're, we're being, we're, we're taking, we're basically going to players going, yeah, do you want to sign for us? Okay, then we'll sign you. You know, we're not turning anybody away. It's like, look, I mean, look at Jordy Shaw, for God's sake. You know, we need a, we need a big target, man. And he's like, he probably, he probably drove up to yeah, Owen. Yeah, hey. Charlie, I believe. Yeah, he probably came driving up and went, knocked on the door and went, yeah, well, yeah, you need a target, man. Like, I'll join you if you like, you know. And then, then that way, he was like, all right, then, go on, then we'll give you a shot. But wasted time. We're, we're, we're scrap. We're going around for dregs. Um, uh, unfortunately, with all due respect to the lads, I mean, when I say dregs, it might mean that they've been carrying long-term injuries. They've they've not been able to get into, you know, they're, they're not at the at their peak, or or they are at their peak and they're just not good enough. You know, but um, we've not had the the luxury of being able to to, or apparently, Curl's not had the luxury to to build the squad he wants to build. How much of this is, is we've had this conversation before? How much of it lies with Curl and how much of it lies with the ownership in terms of where we are now in terms of the squad? Yeah, I, I never felt Curl was the, an older manager. He's a little bit too straight talking. I, I don't necessarily think Oldham fans like that. I think they like someone who's a bit of a bit of a blagger, a bit of a bluffer, if you like, um, like a Lee Johnson. What, what, what about what about Sheridan? What, what what sort of manager would you call him, Rob? Well, he's he's been our most successful manager, hasn't he, for the last twenty years? I don't think you could get a more straight-talking bloke than Sheridan, though, do you? I think so, but again, that that comes with you know with results, doesn't it? If you you can be straight-talking and get results, then we're okay with that. boy. And you, if you're not getting the results, then you don't want to hear straight-talking. You want to hear a little bit bit of bluffing and. I'm not sure I agree with that. I think Sheridan was one of those. I remember him coming out and saying after performances, "That's not. I'm not accepting that. That is not good enough. You know, that's embarrassing." And apologising to fans and things like that. I think at the end of the day, though, what you said, what you've touched on there is, is it, results will get you popularity as a manager, if you, and, and good poor results will ultimately. You can say what you like if you're winning. No one cares. Like if you're losing. It's always going to be a struggle. Lee yeah. Johnson was a relatively successful manager for us and probably could have said whatever. I mean, I, I, like, who cares as long as you're winning? But, yeah, we're, we're a long way off that. And and I think any manager that's 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 running our uh, first team at this stage is going to struggle in, under the current situation, the current circumstances. And that embargo needs paying off. So, like I said, those three points, if that's not fundamentally part of the plan, uh, the first part of the plan, then there's not really any point in having the rest of it, to be honest. Have you have you got the means to find out what the the value of that loan map uh, as a foundation? Um, we'll certainly ask, and uh, I, I'm not I'm not sure what we can and can't publicise and things like that. But we, we're obviously we're going to we're going to try and find out as much of this information and and, and communicate as much as it as we can. I can say from having interviewed, we still haven't got the interviews edited and out yet, but I've interviewed in recent times the Swindon Towns Trust and Northampton Towns Trust. And I can tell you that Swindon Town, when they were in League One, I believe their EFO loan was uh, pushing a million quid. I don't believe League Two clubs could borrow that much, but I'm expecting it to run into the hundreds of thousands. 
Well, uh, I've heard figures of around four hundred thousand, but that's very much unofficial. You know what I mean? I don't have any. I'm not. I'm. I don't have any confirmation of that. But that's you know that. So, but I mean, if it's gonna, it's gonna have to be a significant amount of money in it. Or there's no point taking it. It's got. It, it has to serve a purpose of keeping the football club going. I mean, yeah. I think I think somebody mentioned earlier on about why it was taken. Obviously, be, to avoid putting your own personal wealth into the football club. I mean, that that's, you know, there's, there's choices. Abdallah puts some money in or he takes it from a, another source. And it's as simple as that. We know Abdallah puts money in every month. Is it enough? Has he got enough money to, of his own wealth to put in it? I would suggest probably probably not in terms of where we're at and what our budget is and, and, and our attendances and, and, and where we get our, our revenue from. I have heard figures of how much he's putting in. Uh, I don't, I'm not sure if I'm able to say that, so I'm not going to say it. But it's not it's what you would call a significant amount of money. I mean, and, and, <laughs> it is the likes of me and you, but you know, in terms of running a football club, it's not massively significant. Well, this 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 brings us back, doesn't it, Matt, to, to really the conversation we're having about um, about protests. You know, um, and Rob sort of raising the the potential of you know timing and stuff for for, for protests. But I've got in front of me right at this moment in time, I've got the the guidance notes for embargo EFL loans. So I'll just read a couple of passages out because they're relevant. I think we may have touched upon some of them in previous episodes, but they're relevant to this conversation. So during during a, uh, a transfer window, clubs subject to an embargo will be allowed to staff up to 23 players. Those 23 players need to be of a professional standing. A player that's considered of a professional standing has played in league competitions, the Premier League, the League Cup, the FA Cup, the Community Shield, or in the unlikely event for us, European competition. Then there are salary limits on what you can um, pay somebody. So four and a half grand for the championship, £1,300 per week for a League One player and um, uh, quite a modest in comparison, £800 per week uh, for League Two. Uh, It goes on. It says during a closed period. So this is when the transfer window has closed, which we are currently in. Embargo clubs cannot recruit out of registration players unless they drop below 16 players of professional standing, as I've just defined. And that's 14 outfield players and two goalkeepers. The out-of-registration player can only be signed on multiple monthly contracts. Embargoes applies to any application for registration, contract transfers in, standard loans, non-contracts. And the league may refuse to allow you to sell a player if you drop below those numbers. And, And this is where the issues have arisen over Jason Lutweiler's contract and, as Keith mm-hmm. Curl alerted us to in this week's press conference for the Hartlepool game, Harrison McGahey's, because they were both awarded two-year deals on presumably reasonable money, uh, we can't play McGahey, even though he probably is now, I think he might have been injured, he's now fit to play. Does this not really uh, demonstrate the utter incompetence of the football club and the way it's run? And, and the book stops with the owner. What do you think, Rob? Yes. Also, is that is that not ultimately the responsibility of the, the football secretary? Who employs the secretary, though? They do, but you employ someone on the basis that they, they should know what they're doing in terms of registration issues. Yeah, but it does all fall under the under the umbrella of, of competence or lack thereof, doesn't it? And and it's just another thing, isn't it? It's just another thing to, to, to add to the equation. And when you look at it into the context of what we've what we've had with ticketing this week, uh, the ticket office um, pay on the day this afternoon uh, at Hartlepool, stories of elderly people being turned away because they they turned up with cash uh, because they they didn't know because they're not online. You know, it's just it's just uh, it's just little things like this. It shouldn't. It, all these things shouldn't be worthy of coming to talk about on a podcast. We should be talking about now. Just played Hartlepool. We should be mourning about how dreadful a game it was, but that you know we still fancy our chances for the playoffs. And talking about performances and talking about the manager and formations and looking forward to the derby against Rochdale next week and all that kind of stuff. We're talking nitpicking about all these little things because they all add up to this massive problem that we've got at the football club. And it's like you you alluded to Andy earlier on about resignations and things like that. You know, people leaving the club operating on a threadbare staffing. It's just, it seems like everything, be it on the playing side of things, be it on the administration of the football club, is a struggle. It yeah, just I, seems like I, everything I is a struggle. Purposes, we're, now, we're now an amateur club, aren't we? The, 
we're basically everything has been cut to the bone. There's there's nowhere else to go now apart from from being an amateur club. That's essentially what we are. Well, I mean, technically, we're still a professional club, so there's still there's still you know professional will be defined by being you know full time employees primarily. So you you'd be professional by being full time in in any in any role. So so you know most of the people that will be full time employees would consider themselves professional having a professional standing. But I mean, the, even the fifth division, Rob, is professional in the main, isn't it? It only becomes part time once you get really below that sort of level. Listen, what I was talking to some I was talking to some Hartlepool fans today. And they were saying like there's 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 teams down there that are better than teams in League Two, you know. Oh, yeah. It's it, and they're they're better run, they're better funded, they've got better futures, better prospects. If we fall into that division, we are going to struggle. We are going to struggle big time because the infrastructure at our football club is so outdated and so old fashioned and so skeleton. Like we really do need to build the football club from the ground up, and it might mean that we have to get even more threadbare and even more fall down the football pyramid even further and and, and really all have to roll our sleeves up and muck in like fans at Stockport and other clubs have done before we before we get back up to 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 anywhere near the kind of levels that we that we want to get to and on that point hopefully some of that energy that we saw today at the protest some of that desire to want to have a change in ownership and a change in the way that our football club operates going forward will literally manifest itself in people making the physical effort to muck in and do what needs to be done in the future. Because unless that is, unless people are actually prepared to do that hands on, because like you've said there, Rob, it's, if it's, if it's amateur, that means that we have to do things voluntarily unpaid for the passion of it, for the desire to get our football. Look what Wimbledon done. Unbelievable. They've lit, they had this club stolen from them. And they've just built a brand new stadium. They're operating in the league above us. And they've done it from scratch and they've done it themselves. Absolutely incredible. Look what, what, what Brentford did with where they are. They, you know, they, they beat Wolves today away at Wolves and built their own stadium. And they've done amazing things, but they've not done it because they've dreamt it. They've done it because they've rolled their sleeves up and worked really fucking hard to do it. And... I think that's the stark reality that as it's all right to turn up outside Boundary Park. I talked to a guy who came up from Shropshire, talked to people that came up from other parts of the country today, just uh, Morecambe, just to come and protest. And that's great. And, and there's, there's a certain amount of effort required to do that. But our football club is in such a perilous position. We all have to be prepared to really muck in and, and, and help rebuild it at some point. Talking about mucking in, uh, you, you, the foundation this week has been manning the ticket office, hasn't it? Well, on Wednesday, Tracy turned up from five till seven and 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 did some tickets, handed some tickets out for people that were collecting them. I went there on Friday because I was led to believe that we that we would be needed from five till seven. But it turned out the ticket office hours had been extended to seven on Friday. Nobody let us know, so I uh, turned up, spoke to Gina in the ticket office. Uh, who's actually going off to work at Uddersfield. So I said, congratulations. <laughs> well done. And um, yeah, and then I left because there wasn't any point, the two of us being there. So so, so Gina from the ticket office has resigned. Um, with the result, we also saw the an advertisement for a new, new secretary. So presumably the secretary has vacated the role. And also we saw an, uh, an advertisement for a finance manager, which isn't the same title as the finance director that Shahed currently... Uh, resides in, but I'm making an assumption that, that a club of our scale doesn't need both a finance director and a finance manager. So I'm making an assumption that that role is being downgraded and Shahed is probably leaving as well. So that's three yeah, three v- vacancies in a short spell yet again. I mean, I know that I've spoken to Shahed. I saw him the other day when I was outside Boundary Park and, and, I, and I know he's leaving for personal reasons. It's got nothing to do with, you know, uh, the football club as such. He's He's got another business that he needs to concentrate on, as I'm led to believe. So, um, you know, that's fair enough. But, yeah, I mean, just it's it all just brings that, that back to us back to the word stability, doesn't it? And consistency yeah. across all levels of staffing at the football club. And it is worrying this turnover, this constant constant turnover of staff, regardless of the of the reasons behind it. It, it doesn't it, it doesn't look good. Um, what 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 do you think of the of the high staff turnover, Rob? What do you put it down to? Can we put it down to one thing? I it's, it's it's clearly not place where people are looking to lay down roots. There's maybe not the opportunity to lay down roots. 
how would you encourage to lay down roots? Let me let me ask you that question. How how would you change things to make to make it a place where because obviously once our club was a place that people laid down roots on the basis that we only had two managers over the course of a quarter of a century at one stage. <laughs> yeah, that it's just it's the culture, isn't it? And that, that that can only come from the top. And obviously the culture's all wrong at the moment, isn't it? No one no one can suggest otherwise. Yeah, yeah. So you're, so well, you're... that's not strictly true. <laughs> there are still people defending. Uh, I think somebody told me today that as as they were leaving the pub to go, to go to the protest, protest, somebody shouted to them, "It's it's the likes of you that are killing this club." <laughs> uh, so okay, okay. Presumably, Rob. Therefore, given what you said, you're in support of the of the protests. Protest itself, yeah, absolutely. Um, uh... I wonder if today is like the the high water mark, if you like. Uh, so you've you've had all your media coverage now. I, I don't. You'll, you'll get your Granada reports maybe on Monday, and then after that, I think the the new circus will leave town for a little while until something really happens. It be that administration or relegation. So you've had your plane today. You've had your you've, you've had your coffin. Where else can you go with it now in terms of your protests? Well, I think you probably. I think the argument is you carry on, but yeah, you're right. I'll read out some of the uh, some of the coverage that we've had in in the space of really a month. Uh, so you know, you, you had the second athletic article on on the sixth of September, uh, the Daily Mail. So Keegan wrote an article uh, a couple of days later. We had a, a, an article in the I, the I News. Uh, we've had one in the Times. We've been on Talk Sport three times. Uh, we've been on on Granada Radio a few times. On, sorry, on, on radio we had a, a Granada ITV uh, appearance of the day, Guardian newspaper, uh, and Matt was saying just before we hit record uh, that there's other newspaper coverage uh, coming coming next week. So yeah, article in Telegraph on on Monday, and Steve was also on the Price of Football podcast as well. He was, yeah. Steve was on the pri- in in the last week, so yeah, it's been uh, it's been an intense period. Uh, and you know, you know all that media, all that media attention, Andy. Um, it's inspired. I've got a, a fan account now. Um, <laughs> I just want just want to mention it. Uh, yeah, somewhere, somewhere, yeah, yeah. Uh, the Matt Dean show. <laughs> I, I'm happy to say that I'm, I was the first person to follow it and uh, and, and, and and retweet one of its. Uh, so I just like to say, whoever that is. Thank you very much. I, I love you just as much as you clearly love me. You and know you made it now, Matt. You know I know. I think it. it's very, very flattering. And but what's what's quite amusing is the, the 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 Twitter handle is the Matt Dean Show one, and there's no W at the end. There's a one, so there's obviously another Matt Dean Show somewhere <laughs> out there, which I can only assume is not related to me whatsoever, but to somebody else. Well, we, but, well Matt, now you've said that, I might look up the Matt Dean show. But yeah, it's, yeah. It, it's interesting when you when you get uh, when you get the the, the sort of the, the, the Twitter trolls that you know, like you, you, you mal passes multiple accounts and um, and and your Ricky leases and what have you. You know, you, you get those sorts of accounts, don't you? That that, that 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 try and play sort of games. Yeah, wind people up and stuff. I mean, yeah, whatever. You know, I mean, if you've gotten out better to do, then. Fair enough. Amuse yourself in whichever way you need to amuse yourself. But, like, yeah, I mean, I'm not asked. I think I think I actually thought it was quite funny that one, to be honest. Um, but yeah, you know, I mean, fair enough. Like I said to me, I said, put yourself out there. You're bound to get a bit of stick, aren't you? That's that's the way it goes, isn't Part it? Of so, powerful force. Speaking of which, I've had a chat to, like I said, I've had a chat to Nathan. So um, it'd be probably worth picking that story up. Um, obviously, we we saw uh, this week that. Uh, that, that there was a news that well, we've seen in the ITV, I think, and uh, Granada have, have announced or BBC have announced that GMP are not going to not going to be looking at that case any further. So I've had a chat to Nathan about how that how that uh, came about, and he sort of gave us his his point of view on it. Andy, which, let's listen to that now, mate. Thank you for joining me, Nathan. So uh, more commonly known as Bin Man. Uh, yeah. How are you this morning? You all right? Uh, yeah, I'm good. Thanks, mate. Are you? Yeah, not bad. Not bad. Yeah, Listen, we just, we just wanted to have a quick chat to you about, um, you know, the, the events that have sort of unfolded this week. So if I if I just sort of set the scene and then you can tell us, you know, in your words, what's happened on the on the 10th of July, we played Ashton United in a, in a friendly, didn't we? And there were some sort of pictures and images and maybe a short video sort of circulating on online on Twitter mainly where we could see you having a chat to mowing the ground. Uh, you know, just he was he was stood in the stadium, wasn't he, where the fans were, which I think we commented at the time was a mildly provocative move, given his lack of popularity. But you, you'd taken the time to go up and have a chat to him. And then 
four days later, on the 14th of July, the club released this statement, which I'll read out for, for everyone. So it's with great sadness that Oldham Athletic has to report that racist comments were made at Ashton United last weekend towards one of the club's directors. We all understand that football is a game built on opinion and emotion, but as recent events in the sports show, and this was because England and uh, England had just lost a penalty shootout, hadn't they, around the same time? Yeah, clubs right. will continue to take a zero-tolerance approach to discriminatory behaviour to help enact positive change to make the game for everyone. As a result, the club are working closely with Greater Manchester Police, who have offered their support and guidance to help identify those involved and will take the strongest possible action in conjunction with other relevant authorities to ensure this type of behaviour is eradicated from society. So it's quite a quite a firm statement, sort of unsurprisingly. Then it got picked up and ran in the Independent online, Manchester Evening News and the BBC in the Northwest, of which yeah. only the Independent used the word allegation. The others almost just repeated it as if it was fact. And we, we commented on our podcast that that was a little bit unreasonable, given that, given that you know, nobody had been charged with anything. It was just an allegation. So... If I stop talking and you tell us now, what 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 happened in in the in the events afterwards? Did 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 you get hear from somebody? How did it pan out? Well, I didn't actually for two months. Obviously, I put on Twitter the fact that uh, there were no racial calls or anything racial said to the uh, the director. Obviously, I would get an inbox left, right, and centre saying, you know, I didn't hear anything. I didn't hear anything. So that was a bit of a comfort. But I expected to get a follow up from the police quite soon, but I didn't. Obviously, uh, we got collared outside the. Uh, I'll choose my words better, actually. We got uh, pulled to a side by uh, a very good copper, actually, who was very, very nice and very understanding, who uh, said, let's go for a chat And after the Accrington game. And that's how it went. So it really took like six to seven weeks before anything got really uh, said about it. I wouldn't have known any... If I, if I did go Accrington, I probably wouldn't have known anything about it till this day. Obviously, they would have come up to me eventually because they have to, they have to investigate these allegations and write this up. If I hear anything like that, I, I wouldn't, I, you know... If any if alleged abuse was there, then you know it needs to be eradicated from the game. I absolutely agree, and they've got to follow up on it. But obviously, the the allegations weren't true, and it obviously proved to be. So basically, the the police ultimately asked to have a word with you, did they? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So did did you go in for for a formal interview to a police station? Uh, it was a voluntary. Uh, we we both went in for a, a voluntary interview. Yeah. And 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 that was after the Accrington game, sometime after that, so a few weeks later. Yeah, uh, after the Accrington game, and it was about two weeks later, you we went for an interview, which was the Monday just gone, yeah. And where did you go for that? Uh, Oldham Police Station. Did you? And uh, and, so, and so how long did that interview take, last? About 20 minutes. Obviously, questions were asked, and obviously, answered them as best as I can. And then this week, you have... Heard, and did you have to employ a solicitor as well during this time? Uh, yes, I did, yeah, I did, yeah. And, and the solicitor, obviously, I advised you accordingly. Did that cost you money? No, because you can get it off legal aid, can't you? So that's good. So it didn't, it didn't, uh, didn't hit you in the pocket particularly. Well, I'll tell you, I'll tell you, I'll tell you, uh, thingy, Andy. It's been an hard two months because I could have lost my job. Yeah, I could have lost a lot of people would have fallen out with me if this was some turned out to be. Uh, how can I put it? Obviously, it worked for me. So if it, if it, you know, if I got proved guilty or anything like that, which I know I wouldn't, it never happened. But if I did, you know, I'd have been banned from all football stadiums. It could have cost me. A, a lot of my life, Andy, what I do on a regular basis, you know what I mean? It's not good. No, no, I totally understand. Yeah, exactly. So so, so the police, how did you find out that no no further um, action was going to be taken? The informed our solicitor and our solicitor passed on to me. Right. So then you've heard that it's been dropped. And I think we started to see some stuff in the, in the media now seeping through. So I think either the MEN or... Or the the BBC have started to repeat that. Yeah, BBC Manchester put a statement out this morning saying that uh, on the lines of uh, it's no further action, and that's it. Yeah, yeah, which is obviously good to see because what one of the things we didn't want is the is the sort of national media just taking the the allegation verbatim and then not and then not reporting the fact that there was no case to answer. I mean, just for everyone's knowledge, like what what was the conversation that you had with Mo? It's about the way uh, the running the club really and what I don't like about it and, you know, what everyone's feeling, Andy, you know. If I go down to the protest today and what I said and I say to them lot, I guarantee everyone would agree. Oh, yeah, yeah. No one, yeah. Likes, no one likes the way they're running the club and stuff needs to change. And that's all I said. And there was literally no, there was no conversation that got away from Latics or football, basically. It was just all related to, to the way the club's being run. I just said I don't like the, your recruitment of, uh, of, of players like, you know, 
that are not good enough for this division. And we know they're not good enough. I find it incredible. Yeah, absolutely. But I'm willing to, once I get a club statement saying that there's no further action, I will draw a line under it and say, right, well, it's done now because, you know, I don't want to drag it on any further. People, Obviously, people are coming up to me asking about it all the time. And, you know, it has been stressful and I'm not going to lie. And obviously, with what's all been going on, I'm just, I am glad it's over and I'm glad I got uh, no further action because obviously it worked true. And obviously, I weren't worried in any of the slightest as well, Andy. Obviously, it's at the back of your mind because anything can go wrong. But I know in the back of my mind, I know, nah, I know I haven't said anything, so that's it. I'm glad it's over for you as well, Nathan, if I'm honest. The use of uh, race within the club is it's a prevalent thing. It's repeated a few times and uh, yeah. and and, it, and it's a real shame when it does. You know, that's not to say that that, ev- that everyone uh, is, uh, you know, lives a life perfectly, but I, I don't know you very well personally, but I've met you a few times and you most certainly wouldn't have stri- struck me as the lad who would be using sort of such inflammatory language. So No, never, never, no. not in a, not in a month of Sundays, not in a month. Of, I wouldn't. And you know, I, I just don't know where these claims have come from because it, it's just totally unfounded. And it's, you know, it's hurt me. It's hurt me personally because, you know, I've got multicultural friends and it's not right. It's not right. Yeah. And it's hurt me more than anything. But like I said, now obviously it's no further action, Andy. I'm, you know, once that statement's out, because I've spoke to the relevant people ever to get this statement out to the to the national, to everyone to say, you know, I know BBC Manchester have done it, but it'd be good if Vlatis could do one because, you know, it's only right that the, the words obviously put one up saying there was a less racial abuse. Now there isn't. It's only fair that they put one on saying there isn't. Absolutely. Uh, well, the way they put it up was a bit like a fate accompli. They were almost they were almost stating it had happened. So, so they should they yeah. should say that there's no case to answer. And and to be honest with you, I think it's pretty magnanimous of you to to say you're prepared to just draw a line under it and move on. I think the club should do that. They owe you that apology, and hopefully yeah. we'll see it. But listen, th- thanks for coming on and telling us what happened, mate. And uh, all the best, and I'll see you soon. Brilliant, Andy. Cheers, mate. Interesting to hear from him. I saw him today at the protest down the front, as he always is. Very passionate guy, nice guy. I've met him a number of times while I've been out and about following Latics. It's a, it's an it's an interesting one, this, isn't it? I mean, it seems the police obviously said that there's no case to answer. Ben Man himself is is obviously adamant that he didn't say anything remotely racially motivated, and yet the club put a statement out that was very very expressly clear that that that, that an incident had taken place and that the police were going to look into it. We've we've not heard anything from the club yet, have we? In response, and Nathan's not heard anything from the club in response. What do you what do you make of it, Rob? Yeah, I, I don't know Nathan personally. From what I've seen off Twitter, he seems like a popular guy. I'm, I'm sure he's a good character. And I'm sure it's been a, a horrible situation for him in the past couple of months. I think in terms of an apology from the club, I'm not sure. Is, is that generally what happens in these kind of cases? If you, you, know, you, you accuse someone, then it's unlikely they're going to turn around saying, actually, no, that didn't happen. As much as it's been a horrible situation for Nathan, I think you know, they're going to have to just move on from it. I imagine that... Mohammed has made the accusation clearly, and he has a uh, maximum of a couple of witnesses that were stood either side of him on the photographs that were on that were on Twitter. And I guess uh, Nathan's got a whole host of, of witnesses that would would say otherwise. And it's a bit he said, she said sort of argument. Um, so I, I suspect Mohammed is likely to say, "Yeah, sorry, I, I told a great big fat porky." And, and therefore, he's just going to stand by what he said and therefore, apology probably won't be forthcoming. But no. I think really, it just sort of, it demonstrates the divide between the owners and the supporters that you can end up in this position, which is not, uh, it's, it's a common thing. It's in, in recent times, race has come up on numerous occasions. Anthony Gerrard, then you had uh, the sponsors leaving, then you've got this as an example you know, that's not to say that all of these are unfounded, but uh, I can't imagine that all of them are founded on um, on on the on the same issue. So I, I do find it quite a um, quite a difficult thing to 
to to conclude on. But look, it is what it is. Uh, Nathan was pretty magnanimous, to be fair to the bloke, and he said he's quite happy to draw line, line under it and move on. Which you know, I'm not sure I would be. Someone had accused me of it. I think I'd have been a bit more upset by it, and I'd be, you know, seeking looking at what what I could do about it. But you know, it, it is what it is. And uh, Nathan's prepared to draw line under it, so I guess we'll have to move on. But these things are unsavoury. Yeah. And uh, we don't want to see any more of them. No, we don't. And and again, we, we've already touched on it. It's more things that we don't we don't, we don't want to be talking about. You know, remember a few weeks ago, people were saying, "Why don't you ever talk about anything positive on the podcast?" Once the positive stuff are in the news, then we'll talk about it. But it, you know, it's, unfortunately, it's more it's difficult. It's just a default position of the owners. There. It's just confrontation is there is their go to, isn't it? So. It appears that way, doesn't it, Rob? Yeah, yeah. which which is never going to help, is it? You know, if, nope. if they if they want to, if they genuinely wanted to offer an olive branch and try to work with everybody, then that that is just the wrong way of going about it. Then there needs to be genuine sincerity in it, and not just words. You know, like like the like his written statement and his appearance on Talk Sport recently. Abdallah's words were just words. I, I didn't I didn't I didn't feel any sincerity in either of them, uh, and and that is that's really the the, the concern. So yeah, I mean, you know, the thing we end up talking about again really is is the is the events of the day. And just out of interest, then, you know, you I'm assuming you've got some audio you're gonna to play to us, Matt. It'd be great to hear. But what what was the feeling like down there today? Stay, push the boundary, stay. Yeah. Nice to meet you. You're right. <laughs> it's good to see you. So you're at push boundary organise this process. We're outside Boundary Park. Saturday, 1.30, gonna start the pool. What's the key message? Solidarity, I think. Um, it's about getting as many people down to support the cause and, and, and let the owner know that we're not gonna be pushed around, we're not gonna be bullied, um, and that we need change and that we want to go. Pretty simple then. Very simple, yeah. Do you think it's going to make any difference to the process today or is it, the, is it the start of a long, drawn-out affair? I don't think we're expecting him to, um, you know, see the protest and walk away. I think this is... We, you've got to be in it for the long haul. We, we've been in it for the long haul for a couple of years now and I think that it's the same story. You know, we have to keep the pressure on. We have to keep building. We've seen that the cracks have started to show in the last few weeks. The club have been making interesting decisions, even by their own uh, poor standards. And we just have to keep widening those cracks to the point where we want him to go. We want him to sell. And he wants he wants to accept a, a viable bid for the club. What are you hoping to see from the fans today? I'd like it to be passionate. I want it to be peaceful. I think I, I want that. I want that solidarity to come through, that we're all in it together, we're all fighting for the same thing. Um, and I want it to be a good atmosphere. You know, I want, I want us to show people that are watching and that are listening how much we love the club. Hi, what's your name? My name's Darren Cocker. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm great, thank you. So you're ready for the protest? Yeah, I'm with my son. Yeah. Hello, what's your son called? Sam. Nice to meet you, Sam. Why are you here? Basically, the next generation, it's not going to be a club if it continues like this, it's not going to be a club for him to watch in years to come, so that's the reason why I'm here today. Do you enjoy coming to Latic, Sam? Yeah. What do you like about it? Um, all the players and the mascot. Who's your favourite player? Um, Nicky Adams. Oh, nice one. Oh, when, um, when we had Tom Hamer, it used to be Tom Hamer. We gave him away though, didn't we, unfortunately? Just coming from Shropshire, uh, I thought it's important to come along to this this match in particular because I think everything's kind of coalescing into this club's got to move on, it's got to change really. Um, I've been an Oldham supporter all my life, seen the good times more than probably most Oldham athletic supporters who um, shamefully haven't seen much of late. Um, and I just think the guys at um, Pusher Boundary and yourself uh, and many of the supporters here today are doing a fantastic job. I think it's got to the point now, my personal opinion, is I think that the actual owner, it's um, its just a rearguard action. I think it's a cultural thing. I think it's just going down a cul-de-sac. I don't think he's going to give up control of this club. Uh, I think it's a face thing. So somehow or other things have really got to change. I also think that there's cards will be on, put on the table here. I think there's Brass Bank, uh, there's Oldham Council. I mean, what happened to the money? Um, there's questions that remain unanswered. And I think now is the time that these questions are going to be asked and there's people that have got to come forward and state what their intentions are with regards to the future of the
okay. I'm just talking to definitely the uh, most impressively dressed person at this <laughs> protest so far. What's your name? Louise. Nice to meet you, Louise. And where have you come from today? Morecambe. Okay, and, wh and why have you come from Morecambe to Oldham today? Because we need our numbers to be seen and heard. This affects lower leagues, not just our club, but any club is susceptible to this. Have you been coming to watch the Latics for long yourself? I've, I'm 14. I've been a Latics born and bred fan since 87, and I have never seen anything. Al was supposed to be turning our club around after buying it for a quid, and now he is saying that he's not prepared to actually sell it at a reasonable cost to save the club despite saying he is truly passionate and want the best for us so you're scared for the future of the football club yeah i think we're not even going to make it next season we're what how many six games lost one one we're not going to climb out of this with injuries and no turnaround he's providing his own personal turnstile of managers and coaches all right, mate, what's your name? Matthew. So's mine. <laughs> um, Matthew, why are you waiting there, mate? Um, get Abdullah out of the club. Because he's just running it in the ground, isn't it? You know what I mean? Three points, one win all season. It's not going good. It's all right in the Carabao, but apart from that, it's going downhill, really, isn't it? How old are you, Matthew? 20. How has it been being an Oldham fan for someone who's 20? Horrible. <laughs> what makes you What makes you keep coming back? What makes you keep supporting the club? Because I remember the good days, but obviously you don't. What What makes you stay around? Just the fans, really. The atmosphere and all that. You know what I mean? Like with the athletic codes and the drum and all that. Even taking the flags off us ruins the atmosphere. So it's just like sort of um, separating the fan base. You know what I mean? Just don't feel right. You know, like not paying on the gate and all that when we've done it since I was literally four. What do you think would be a good outcome from today and what what, do you, what are you expecting from Abdallah? Well, I'm hoping he sells because he's, he's just gone too far now, you know what I mean? Past what we can do, so just needs to go. Hopefully sell up. Right, so I'm stood outside with three Hartlepool fans, one of which I was chatting to before on Twitter from the Hartlepool United Sports Trust. That's right. Uh, Ali. Ali, Ali Shepherd, yeah, that's me. Thanks for coming down. No worries. Well, I say thanks for coming down, you could watch the football, but obviously, but like, thanks for popping down to the protest. Uh, you said you'd heard via the media and stuff what's going on. Just what's your take on, on what you can see going on at Latics? Well, we've, yeah, I think, you know, we've got a bit of kinship here just because we, um, you know, we've had some, some dodgy owners in the past and, you know, my things might have like stabilised now. Um, I think you know, clubs like Oldham, you, you, you just you just want the support, really. You know, having having the ups and downs we've had, um, you know, just got sympathy with the situation, really. So we just thought we'd come down and you know hold hold the scarf up and um, just show a bit of support, really. Because you've got you kind of clubs have got to look after each other, I think. I think since all this has been like getting national coverage, we've had loads of amazing messages from supporters trust from clubs all over the country and I think clubs of a certain size and certain stature kind of empathise with each other don't they in, in this kind of situation yeah no, I think you're right I think there's um, I, I, I think there's change sort of in the background really you know fans are really kind of engaging with the um, what's going on at clubs and you know kind of, we want to support the owners we need these people uh, you know we need people putting money into to clubs um, but we want to partner rather than just being kind of a customer and kind of pushed around and, and you know the clubs have got to, just got to continue for next generations and I think there's that, that realisation now that the fans have a really crucial kind of role in all of that Yeah and did your fans have a crucial role in helping to turn your fortunes around? I think I think they did, yeah. Um, just a clown walking past me. Um, <laughs> it's yeah. not a dollar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, they did, yeah. I mean, it's kind of, we didn't, there wasn't sort of a, a you know, cohesive strategy really across the club. We weren't quite sure what to do, and I think that's sort of common across um, clubs. You know, all the fans want to do something, but um, it's difficult to know what to do, really. So, you know, we, everyone in the end uh, kind of put into, um, um, you know, just giving part, and, and actually that was effective in that it just bought us a little bit of time, and the trust went out, and they were speaking with, you know, I, I sent a letter on Twitter, you know, potential saviors really met, like, loads of people around the area, and, and you know, eventually, you know, and thankfully, uh, you know, Raj came along with, with Jeff Stalling as well, and... Um, you know, and and just in the nick of time, it felt like we were a week away from kind of just going bust, really. Now you come in a very specific outfit. Do you want to just describe it and tell us why you're wearing it? Basically, the club's been run by clowns, so if they want like clowns, there's no clowning around from his fans today. We'll make our efforts heard. 
as the banner says, not fit to run our club. Cheers, Ronald McDonald. Cheers, nice one. <laughs> I've complimented your big Mac on the cards. How you doing, mate? What's your name? Sinbad. Hi, Sinbad. What would you like to say, mate? Um, I've not been since uh, the sacking of Frankie Bond. Um, I don't want to give them my, my money. I hope everybody else don't want to give them the money. Um, I'm here today. Um, as soon as it's as soon as it's three o'clock comes, I'm going home. And I'm not paying any more any more to the club. The only way to it is financially. Don't go in unless you've got a CTK on the but if you pay money over the turnstiles to go in, he's tried to stop that by saying that they've got the season tickets, holders only. It's just all the time what he wants to do is just alienate the fans, that's all he wants to do. Get him out, get Mo out. Carl Evans, because he's got a great track track record at Berry, of course. Get them all out and get them out quick before it's too late. You don't want to be in a position where you're protesting and you're genuinely in fear for the the survival of your football club to such a degree that people are delivering coffins and someone dressed as a Grim Reaper and all that kind of stuff. But at the same time, for me, I was just overwhelmingly glad that the feeling of apathy has turned into a feeling of action because... Apathy under Corny and at the early stages of Adala was killing us. People just drifting away, inaction through apathy. And, uh, you know, just, I've had enough of this now, I'm bored. I don't want to go to Latics anymore. It's boring. There's no atmosphere. A match day is bobbins. Uh, I might go every now and again, maybe go on the other way there, but that's about it. And and, and that's what was happening. Uh, and it led us into this situation where uh, Abdallah took over. And it's all, it's all escalated from there. Like, Abdallah's been playing the victim. Why didn't you protest against the other owners? And, oh, it's not me. It's it's uh, It was all them and it was everybody else. And, well, mate, you know, we've been banging on about it for a long time. You're, you're, you've made your own situation here. And, thankfully, the apathy has now gone and a significant number of people turned up today. The atmosphere was good. It was it was charged. Obviously some of the language was a bit fruity, but it was never offensive. It was, you know, it was just more based on emphasis. There was lots of uh, smoke bombs going off, you know, that horrible blue tangerine and black smoke pouring into the air. Um, there was police there, but there was no aggression or anything like that. Some person posted a picture of somebody bleeding uh, and said this was a bad... It wasn't. It was the person who it happened to messaged me and said that happened to me at Neighbourhood the other week, uh, got hit by a stray wine bottle. Nothing to do with the protest. That was just someone trying to shit stir. So there was nothing like that at all. It was well-natured. It was well-behaved. The message was clear. And I saw, I saw you made I an interesting point. Yeah, yeah. It was it a guy with blood running down his Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I first thing I did was zoomed into the to the to the ground and you could see it was grass. And it's like, well, where's the grass around, you know, short grass oh, around. See. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, so yeah, yeah. that's why I said it on I commented on it and said this is a festival or something. They could tell it wasn't it, it wasn't there. So someone was just deliberately trying to cause, you know, whatever. But I mean it's an interesting point that you raised the uh, Rob earlier on there about you know have we reached that high watermark from today like uh, what do PTB I mean Steve it says that Steve's on the on the call and he's muted but I don't think he's gone I think listeners will have noticed that he's not been involved in this conversation due to connection issues I think um, but I am, oh, I am oh, you, here, oh you are here yeah okay I am, I am here but I'm, I am struggling I am struggling a little bit with uh, but, with reception did you hear what um, did you hear what Rob said about like this being the high watermark um, in terms of of the media coverage and the protests and all the rest of it. Have you got a, have you got a comment on that? And, and, and what do you think might happen next? I think we have to continue. I think we have to carry on. I mean, this, this isn't this isn't a one time only thing. This is this is a case of we have to carry on from this point and put and keep the pressure on. And it, not necessarily saying it's the same way and we're going to do the same thing all the time. But we certainly have to keep the pressure on because that's the only thing that's going to hammer the message home. And what, what have you got other things lined up? Do you, what, what can you give us an insight into the kind of things that you might be that you might be thinking about doing, or is it a surprise? Um, we've we've got things planned, but we'll probably I think for the element of surprise and, and variation, we'll probably just keep it up our sleeve for now. But as soon as we can announce stuff, then we'll definitely announce stuff. Do, do, do you know Do you know who was responsible for the aeroplane? Uh, I can confirm that that was us. <laughs> 
Um, <laughs> uh, we, uh, we 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 were we were having conversations about it, and and it was just trying to get hold of someone who was willing to fly a plane. Uh, as you can imagine, there's not there's not loads of people knocking around, and we um, we eventually got something late, quite late on, to be honest. But we wanted to sort of keep it under our hat because there's a lot of things in play in terms of you know weather, weather conditions and all that. So we didn't we didn't want to sort of say it was going to happen when it wasn't going to happen. Yeah, no, I, th- I thought it was incredibly impactful. In fact, when I first saw it, I didn't even believe it was true. So it's amazing. You know, well done. I think it's I think it's a really high impact thing uh, to have achieved. It's, it's so visual that everyone's going to run with that story, which is which is brilliant. So top work from from my perspective. Yeah, I think I think in terms of like how the whole thing went, you know, we had uh, Dan uh, gave a, a impassioned speech and. I think I think you're probably very proud, Steve, of 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 how the fans conducted themselves and how the whole thing went today, aren't you? One hundred percent. I think what people probably don't realise is that when you're one of four in a in a group that is planning something like this, like you you you're relying on the behaviour of hundreds of people to to make sure that the message that you want to get across gets across. And the thing I was delighted about today was the way that the way that the message was the, the message was portrayed. I think the fans were impeccable today, uh, and as they were at Leighton Orient last week. And, and for me, that was that was such a relief that that you know the, the fans watching the footage, you know, football fans across the country watching the footage can say, "I'm really proud of those old fans. They're standing up for their club." And and we and we didn't, we did, you know, we didn't do anything that was going to would change the public perception of that. That's 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 hugely important for me. I think also what's important, Steve, well, your, your, your connection's not great, but um, what's also really important, I think, is that from the foundation through uh, Push the Boundary to the Atleticos and, and, and the fans that have been running on the pitch, there has been direct communication and the fans didn't run on the pitch today. Nothing went on the pitch today because all of the groups have been communicating and it was decided that the protest today was going to be outside the ground that the, the stuff on the pitch needs to stop and that there is that 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 communication between the groups now i think that's i think that's really really good and i think that's something that we've not had for for a while i think that in terms of bringing the fans together and having some kind of unity and us playing our part behaving appropriately puts the ball in the tennis ball in the core of the club in terms of well show us how you're going to behave in this are you going to match our standards? We need to be able to take the moral high ground when it comes when it comes to this situation, and I think we need to be yeah. able to carry on doing that. Yeah, and, and and let's let's be let's make no bones about this. Like the club, in terms of what happened today, club could have stopped this happening at, at any point in the last eighteen months. There's no no question about that. But they've chosen not to do it. This this situation today could have been completely avoided with the engagement that, that we've tried to have with the club over the last. 18 months, two years. I think the biggest, the biggest thing from 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 our perspective is that everything went well. The message was played in in the, in the right way, but we have to take that forward. Definitely. Thanks, Steve. We'll leave that with you, Steve, there because it's not a great reception. But um, well done today, mate, for for, for organising that, and and I also just uh, well done to all the fans who joined in and for making it so colourful and so impactful. And being so impeccably well behaved, like they were, Andy. We met at Orient last week um, for the first time, and we, the fans were again brilliantly behaved. So, totally. yeah, no, absolutely impeccable. Yeah, no, it was, it was a great protest at, at Lane Orient as well. And I'm, I'm sad I couldn't be there today. And I'll, I'll make I'll make some future ones when I, when I, when I can do. But yeah, whenever you can, I'd encourage any Latics fans. Rob, I assume assume you'll join in as and when you can uh, as well. Yeah, so it'd be, it'd be, yeah, I'd, I'd encourage all, all fans to get involved and and uh, and come together because, like you said, Matt, the coordination, and unity amongst everybody is is uh, really really starting to show now. I think. Sorry, Matt. What's the uh, the foundation position now? You you still into phase one? You, or are you beyond that now? Yeah, officially we are still in phase. We've not moved officially from phase one into phase two. That's the uh, thing. Until November. The thing is, with well, it depends. I mean, the thing is. It's like everything's coming at us. It's let's keep using this tennis ball analogy, but you know, you know those machines that keep firing tennis balls at you for practicing tennis. It's, it's been a bit like that over the last few weeks. It's just been one thing after another coming pinging at us, and 
I think in terms of what you're saying about the media stuff, it, it wouldn't be a bad thing f- from our point of view at the foundation if things did quieten down right. for a couple of weeks, <laughs> just to give us a chance to sort of catch up with a few things and have the meeting with the club, um, like Andy's already alluded to um, next week. Give us a little bit more time to actually go through some of that stuff and, and say, right, where are we at and, and what's next? I think, like I said earlier on, Abdallah said he's going to give us a, a plan. I think people think it's probably probably laughing when he says, you're going to give us a three-year plan. <laughs> we want you going before then, mate. Uh, but that's what he said he's going to do. So I think what comes out of the club is going to be really important. Um, there has been more communication with the club. But like Steve said, it's taken this to get the communication from them. It, 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 this wasn't something that was forthcoming. If you ask Abdallah, you ask probably more. I can't speak for it because we've not heard from him. You know, they probably said, "Well, everything's all right. What, what's up? Why, why are you? You know, this is just results. Like everything's good. We're running the club really well. You know, like so that <laughs> you know they they don't feel that they have to, they have to come out and justify anything to us because they don't feel that there was a problem, which is crazy. But that's that's the way it, it seems to be, isn't it? I mean, yeah, maybe Shahed has has been has done a good job in re, reorganising the accounts. It sounds like what they inherited was an absolute mess. But I'm sorry, that's your mess now. You've inherited it, so you do a great job getting the accounts sorted out. Brilliant, well done. There's still lots of other areas of running the football club that you are now responsible for for doing, and PTB have been to the club many times and said, "We will help you with this if you like." We are here to help. We, we want to engage with you. They didn't choose to, to, to do that. And that is why it's got to this point again. So they've only got themselves to blame in terms of engaging with fans, in terms of the, the publicity, what they've done, what they've not done. We can't, uh, we can't be in that good a financial situation, Matt, if we're, if we're only one of three League Two clubs that's taken a loan. No, I didn't know. Andy, <laughs> I didn't say we were in a good financial situation. What I said was that the accounting systems have been sorted out or that, you know, things have been organised in, in, in that sense. Obviously, we're not in a good financial situation, but maybe now we just, uh, the club know just how perilous the financial situation is because they've actually organised their accounts properly. So at the end of the day, the fans don't really care about how effective the spreadsheets are at the football club and, and, and where the where the where the invoices are stored and how easily accessible they are, etc. etc. It's not something we need to worry about. What we worry about is the fact that our football club is rock bottom of League Two with no goals in it. We're under a transfer embargo. We can't come January if things stay the same, we can't bring in the firepower that we need. And that's what fans care about. There's one one other thing that um, I forgot to mention earlier when he talked about the price of football podcast that, that Steve was on this week. Um, two episodes ago, if you wind that back, Kieran Maguire pointed out that there was a £920,000 potential tax liability in, in the company accounts, um, which could hit us. I'm making an assumption that that tax liability dates back to the 2017 tax investigation. Uh, that, that's unsettled that when we interviewed Barry Barry was quite close shop on didn't want to talk about mm. so I'm making an assumption those two things are connected but imagine if imagine if Abdallah gets hit with a £920,000 tax bill to the limited company at the same time as he's got a few hundred thousand pound EFL loan and he's got to pay his rent liabilities yeah where's all this going? <laughs> Administration possibly Andrew absolutely absolutely so the point is points, the points, is, points deduction we'll end up on minus points sell the <laughs> club yeah. just sell the club then you yeah. cannot you are not competent and capable of looking after it so or rich enough or rich yeah. enough you know, unfortunately for, for all involved so yeah I mean it, it's, it's very much looking like there's no other option but like you, you said earlier, Rob, it seems to be that cutting off the nose to spite the face is something that is being insisted upon for some. I don't understand why. I don't think we'll ever be able to get our head around that logic, will we? No. We do need to figure out what we're going to do uh, in terms. I think fundraising is is massively important. I think we're going to have to, as a foundation, we're going to have to try and and, and get up to speed with with we're trying to raise funds and and get investors and. Potential buyers, you know that stuff is Do going you think on. The, the focus now needs to change on that. Now it needs to become about where, yeah. where these buyers are, rather than. I think know, what, what we've got currently. Yeah, I think we. I think that that is something that we do need to focus on, and I think as a town, we need to be 
push, and as a foundation, we need uh, as the as the organisation that is capable of collecting these funds. That's where we need to start putting our energy and our effort. And and I can assure you that that is something that we're very we we are going to be hopefully rolling out within the next couple of weeks. Um, and we need we need to start building up that fund ASAP. We really do. Um, I think it was uh, Hartlepool who said that they managed to raise seventy grand relatively quickly, and and we are getting to that. We are past that point where we where we should be. You know, we should already have money in the bank, and we don't. And 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 obviously, this podcast has covered covered that quite extensively in terms of how our trust has been run in the past and why we are why it is where it is. Unfortunately, we're, we're not that far along. The, the lottery has raised. A few, a few, a good few grand. You know, there's money in the bank from that, so there it has started. But we need to do a lot more. And yeah, it, it's frustrating because, like you know, it, it does take action. It does take people to actually do the work and, and get it out there. But I, I feel that if we can start harnessing that energy that we've had from the protest and put it into positive action, like fundraising instead, I think that'll be an amazing step forward. Absolutely. I just want to endorse that view that, that you know, I've repeated this a few times recently, you know, all of all the trusts that we've spoken to all have between 12 and 15 active directors in their trust when they're when they're operating to full capacity and they're effective and making uh, a, have a positive impact on their club. We're operating at half that number in our trust. We really need volunteers. We really need people to step forward and help and help our trust get it where it needs to be. Uh, so those people that, that are motivated today. Um, from going to the to the to protest and people like Rob, who's come on the podcast today as the fan guest as well, obviously still got a passion for the club or otherwise he wouldn't be here. Those types of people need to put themselves forward and start helping uh, to affect positive change. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a good, nice, positive note to end on, Andy. So thanks for that, mate. Rob, thanks for your time. Thanks for coming on. Have you got anything else you want to say or are you, are no, you done? Thanks, yeah, it's, nice. uh, it's been a pleasure to come on. Yeah, thanks for uh, letting me on. No problem, mate. Thanks for coming forward, Andy. Thanks for uh, all your efforts this week, as no always. Problems. And um, we'll we'll be back next week for we'll be in our fifties, you know. And, and that <laughs> and as in life, that'll just fly by. So uh, <laughs> nice. you know. Yeah. Anyway, thanks a lot, lads. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. Nice one. Take, Take it easy. Rob. See you now. Thanks, mate. Bye-bye. Boundary Park Alert System is produced and hosted by me, Matt Dean. Additional support and research is by Andy Halliwell and Steve Shipman. You can follow me on Twitter at MattDean78 and the show on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram at OAFC Podcast. Don't forget to download the Fan Hub app and listen to the show there or by visiting oafcpodcast.co.uk where you can support the work we do by visiting our online merch store, read our blog and get in touch. If you'd like more information about Push the Boundary, visit pushtheboundary.co.uk and if you'd like to know more about Oldham Athletic Supporters Foundation, please visit trustoldham.org. Remember, this is your club and you can have it all, but how much do you want it? Thanks for listening.